Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am the founder and chief love officer at Last First Date. I'm so glad you joined us today. I am devoted to helping women and men achieve healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life, and we have a really great show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking to relationship coach, speaker, and author Brian Reeves about the essentials of masculine-feminine dynamics in intimate relationships. This is one of my favorite topics, so I'm so excited to bring you Brian today. And as a dating coach, I specialize in helping mostly women uh, date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. And when a woman or a man knows their true worth, they attract their most aligned partners. And um, the women who come to me for support are generally really high-functioning out in the work world. They're really good moms. They struggle with relationships, as do men, and Brian Brian deals with both men and women and couples, so we're going to talk about that today a little bit. But relationships are not so easy. Um, They're very different. You can be a really, really high-achieving person and really struggle with relationships. And what I have found through my work with thousands of clients is that people tend to make the same mistakes over and over and over again until they get pointed out to them because we can't see ourselves clearly. So what I've done is I have outlined the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find love. And there are actionable tips that you can actually take action on right away. And if you haven't signed up for it yet, I'd love for you to go get a copy on my website. It's on my homepage, Last First date.com. Just sign up on my homepage. You'll get a copy right away because I want you to go on your last first date. Brian Reeves is a former U.S. Air Force captain turned author, coach, and speaker. He has triumphed through multiple dark nights of the soul after hurling himself into the transformational fires of intimate relationships over and over again. He has a master's degree in human relations and a massive insight that he gleaned through countless adventures. Brian coaches men, women, and couples in creating thriving lives and relationships. He's a regular blog contributor to Good Men Project, as I am. He contributes to Elephant Journal, Raw Attraction Magazine, and more. He wrote a book called The Sex, Flirting, Dating, Hunting, and Hoping Diet, and it's on Amazon. And I am thrilled to have Ryan, Brian with us today. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hi, Sandy. So good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So masculine feminine dynamics. Um, let's first define what is masculine, what's feminine, and what are the fundamental mm-hmm. dynamics? Well, yeah, great question. Let's just first off, let's just blow up that the, the notion. It's going to be very triggering because people – immediately associate masculinity with man and femininity with woman. And that's not at all what we're talking about here. And so I'm glad you asked that. So we just get that right out of the, of the bat Um, and dispel that. It does not mean man or woman. It's masculine and feminine. They're just energy. Another word we could use for that is yin 
and young. And there's a lot of different uh, ways of representing just the duality of the human experience, right? Up, down, left, right, black, white, inside, outside, et cetera, et cetera. Masculine, feminine, yin, yang. Oh, I feel better already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is very triggering for people. And, um, and, yet, and yet it's so important, I've found, because my ignorance of the masculine and feminine dynamic in relationships, the ignorance um, has cost me so much in terms of uh, joy and enthusiasm for being in relationship at all. Um, you know, it's like we practice our relationships in, in an adversarial dynamic, not realizing that we're partners in this exquisite dance of, of opposites, really, right? We go into relationship to, to experience uh, this dance of, 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 of duality, this masculine, feminine, yin-yang uh, exchange of energies, because in that, I love using the yin yang symbol, and I realize I'm kind of off and running already, Sandy. But I think it's, I think this is just a, this is just kind of laying the laying the foundation for what we're really doing here. Um, you know, we go and we we engage in intimate relationship. Um, the reason they're different from friendships, you know, friendships uh, are very different because you know, in an intimate relationship, we are doing this exchange of opposite of, of opposing energies, the masculine and feminine. That's why it's so juicy. And in the, you know, if you look at the yin-yang symbol, it, it's, it's in the shape of a circle, right? It's like that oneness symbol. And the masculine right. and feminine are the two components of that oneness. So we experience, like we transcend our limited human nature in this dance of, of intimate energy exchange. And, I mean, we, we experience, we literally experience the divine. I mean, sex, through sexuality or intimate relating, we can experience our transcendent nature, I mean, that's what's possible for us, but the way we do it is so adversarial. And so I just, again, laying the groundwork because it's intimate relationships are so, I love doing work in intimate relationship and having these conversations because it's a pathway to awakening to the truth of who we are. If we're, mm-hmm. if we're open, if we're, if we're, if we're willing to, to look closely at ourselves and what we're doing. Anyway, I'm going to stop there because I could just talk for 30 minutes and then be over. Okay. And I don't well, want to do that. I, I, <laughs> no. um, well, I love the symbol of the oneness. And actually, my logo is a yin-yang symbol um, because I, mm. I loved it so much. And I think it's so essential to relationships as well. Mine is in the shape of a heart, but it's a play on the yin-yang. And I think that... Um, what I think, you know, people who are not familiar with what you're talking about may be still scratching their heads. So yeah. I, I just want you to yeah, yeah. Um, take a moment yeah. to define masculine energy and feminine energy because we're saying, okay, masculine is not man, okay. feminine is not woman. Um, right. What are they? So, and, and just I want to acknowledge, you know, I, I come from, a, in my own ignorance, um, Probably six years ago, I started really waking up to this, and I started studying uh, authors like, of course, David Data, uh, Alison mm-hmm. Armstrong, um, even Pat Allen. There's a lot of really interesting work yep. out there around around these relational <laughs> dynamics. And so, what I really woke up to is how masculine energy is that is that energy in all of us, men or, and women, that that is driving us towards a mission that wants to solve problems. Right, the, the great gift of masculine energy is that it, it lives. It's that it's that in us that wants to solve a problem. That that looks at the world, and evaluates, puts it into a 
kind of an, an analysis, like takes an analytical approach to the world, a rational analytical approach to the world, and then seeks to arrange it in a certain way. So, you know, it's why like masculinity, masculine expression shows up in business, right? Because you solve a problem in business, you make money. Uh, your, your, your company grows. In, in uh, science, masculine energy, you solve a, a technical problem, you, you, we go to the stars, right? The mission is to go to the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, sports, look at sports, right? Sports is nothing other than human beings who have created a problem to solve, right? And sports, mm-hmm. I mean, this trips me out about, about sports, actually. You know, you look at men running up and down a basketball court or women running up and down a basketball court, putting a little ball in a hoop, all they're doing is solving the problem of the defense, and they put the ball in the hoop, and everyone goes crazy because they solved the problem. And then they just mm-hmm. start over and do it all over again, right? Just solving problems. Right. That's the masculine energy. Can I solve the problem better than you can? That's what sports is. Whoever solves the problem the best and the fastest and the most wins, wins the championship. That's it. That's it. All we're doing is solving right. problems. So that's masculine nature. Now, feminine, on the other side, the feminine nature is that which values connection, right? Our femininity in us doesn't care about solving problems. There are no problems. The only problem is if I don't feel connected in this moment, right? So the feminine nature in us is that which, which seeks simply to connect, right? In, in relationship terms, you have the old cliche of, and again, in a heterosexual context, but in, in, in that old cliche of, the, of, a, of, a, of a woman wanting to connect with her partner and she's sharing like a challenge she had during the day or some, again, I'm a man, so I, I'm going to, I'm more identified with masculine energy and so I, I'm going to use the word problem. She's going to share a problem and the guy wants to solve it because that's the gift of his masculine expression. That's how he expresses love is, is I'm going to solve your problem. But she doesn't want her problem solved. She just wants him to listen, right? Wants to mm-hmm. connect, She's in it for the experience of connection. It doesn't actually matter if this problem gets solved from the purely feminine perspective. She just wants to connect with her partner, right? A person identified with the masculine, they don't understand what the hell is going on. They don't understand mm-hmm. why can't we just solve this problem. If we solve this problem, then we'll be free of the problem and, and, and everything will be great. Whereas she's right. in the orientation of, look, if you just feel me, if you just connect with me, then everything will be great. Who cares about the problem? Right. Right. So that's just kind of a basic, you know, making it kind of real how those dualities play out and our misunderstanding of what's going on, our lack of, of awareness around this. Yeah. Has has a masculine person really frustrated that why don't you just let me solve the damn problem or stop talking to me about your problem if you're not going to let me solve it? You know, I have other problems to solve or there's or there's mm-hmm. no actual problem. So we get crazy. And likewise, you know what I what I what I understand what I've what I've really learned, saying kind of sum this up in a in a very um, succinct way that seems to resonate with a lot of folks. And again, this is a heterosexual context, but men tend to think of women as intellectually defective versions of men, and women tend to think of men as emotionally defective versions of women. Hmm. So in other words, like I hear a lot of a lot of women talking about how they're they're, uh, and, and this can be reversed too. It's not again, it's not about man woman. It's just that seems to be a predominant way that this shows up is is a lot of women are are really upset 
that their partners aren't emotionally available. You know, you know like the cliche of the emotionally unavailable man, right? Even in relationship, like he does not, when he doesn't show up he's emotionally, he's not present, <clears throat> right? And then you have on the other right. side of that coin, on the other side of it, you have a lot of men complaining that their women don't make any damn sense, that she just makes up problems. There's no problem here. She's mm-hmm. just making shit up. She's just telling right. stories, or she's changing. She's changing the rules on me. We almost solve this problem, and then another one pops over here. I can't make her happy. She's crazy. Right. right. So how do we solve this problem? <laughs> um, because women are definitely not intellectually defective versions of men, and and men are not emotionally defective versions of women. Men can be very emotionally connected, and. Women can be incredibly intellectual. In fact, a lot of the women who come to me have so much masculine energy that they forget about their feminine energy altogether. And that's, I think, one of the biggest issues. You know, I I just reviewed a profile of a a beautiful woman who was a professor. Her whole profile was about doing and and accomplishing. And, um, you know, and I said, you're this gorgeous, sexy woman but I don't see it in the words that you're saying at all. And so we yeah. need to, you know, bump that up yeah. because, but see, but, but a lot of women think, okay, that means I have to dumb myself down. And that's not at all what we're saying. It's that you can no. be both. So can you talk yeah. a little to how people can balance this? Because I think that polarity that we need to feel in order to have that sexual dynamic is often missing yeah. today. Um so, yeah. and especially as roles have changed, and I usually talk about that at the beginning of my show. One of the biggest issues in dating is that women come across as, as you know, still with their work ethic. You know, it's you know, I'm mm, competing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. on a date with you, and I want to one up you. And you know, men walk away going, "What the hell? I, I don't want to yeah. date her. I want to maybe yeah. hire her." So, um, yeah, <laughs> how can we solve the problem? Well. I think what what I'm what I'm really waking up to myself is it's really all about staying connected to our hearts, man or woman, connected to our hearts and getting awareness. I think we're becoming. It's not like women have to just learn how to be more feminine and men have to learn to be more masculine. No, I, I think it's really good that women have developed more of their masculine energy uh, in the last you know hundred years. That's a good thing. I think men are are, are catching up. You know, men are a little behind because we haven't really been. Um, uh, uh, let's say just society, I think, hasn't conspired to force us to to embrace more of our feminine energy. But that's happening now. That's happening. Men have no choice. I think because of the Internet, we're having to be more sensitive to how our business decisions, let's say, affect the community, right? Um, yeah. how, how our politics affect... Uh, of, of the community. I mean, we just we can't get away with stuff that we used to be able to get away with that was totally exploitative and you know purely driven to in that kind of masculine mode towards accomplishment. We just can't get away with it anymore. So we're having to to take uh, um, more stock of, of you know more embracing of, of, of feminine energy both internally and therefore uh, externally in the world. So it's a good thing. But I think what getting awareness around this like that, and I, I also, Sandy, see, see that a lot where, where women are, um, um, you know, look, I want an intelligent, brilliant, even rational-minded woman. I want that. However, mm-hmm. I also want a woman who's deeply in touch with her feminine expression, deeply embodied, that just, um, 
you know, isn't always focused on, you know, how the, the, the how is this going to be productive? Like, I, I'm about to run off into a, another direction. I'm going to just reel myself back in. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, yeah, what we're doing is I think we're becoming, I think what's possible for us is to become at the mastery of how we wield our masculine and feminine energy. So, for example, a woman who uh, wants to be, wants to, to have a career and wants to, to be successful in business. Well, that's a place where masculine energy is very helpful. But I think that should be tempered by feminine expression. In other words, even making business decisions, bringing love into the context of how we, which is a love and connection. Like, So how is my decision affecting my community? Not just my bottom line, not just my shareholders, but how does this, affect the people that it serves? How does this affect the product life cycle? I think bringing feminine energy is so important in the world um, everywhere, and that's going to show up then in our relationships. So in a relationship, a woman who's really connected to both her feminine and masculine can say, okay, what what kind of dance do I want to do with my partner? Do I want to play the masculine role where um, uh, I'm going to be much more mindful, like let's say I'll take care of the finances or I'll you know, I'll decide. I want to decide where we go to dinner and kind of do all those things. Well, that's fine. She's, but then you're going to likely attract a partner and 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 have a partner who's going to be more in his feminine. He's going to be probably uh, softer and be be more in the nurturing and 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 be more um, uh, surrendered to your direction, let's say. And and so I, I think it's just a question of of of. What do you want to experience? What gift do you want to offer in a relationship and what do you want to receive? And the more we can just get awareness around, you know, who are we truly in our hearts? I mean, I'm I'm a more masculine person, I believe. I feel really ad- ad- connected to and identified with my masculine energy. I have a lot of drive, ambition, I'm, comp- I'm competitive and and um and I, I love to express what I want and then to and then to claim it as long as it wants to be claimed. And um mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy that, and I want a partner who's going to remind me to eat, who's going to help <laughs> me take care of my body, because I forget in my masculine drive to work, I literally forget to eat, and I want a partner who's going to bring that element of embodiment, that's, which, again, to me is a hallmark of a, of a, of a feminine offering. She's going to remind me, hey, slow down, be here, connect to your body. What does your body need right now? Let's go get a massage. Right here, eat something nourishing. Mm. Right? I want that. I'm, I'm not going to really offer that to a partner because that's not really, that's not a natural mode for me. I'm not going to offer that feminine expression to a partner. So if I have a masculine partner, two of us are kind of in our masculine mode, none of us are going to fucking eat. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking <laughs> an extreme, but... You know, I don't want that. That's I can do that with other guys when, you know, other my men friends or, or women who are kind of more in their masculine. Let's work on projects and, yeah, we'll drive and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll just rock it through the day. But when I come home, you know, I want a woman, even if she's been working all day, I personally want a relationship where, where my woman helps me come back into my body because, you know, she is embodied and she's offering that gift. And Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I think that what I'm seeing, especially in people over 40, I think the dynamics tend to be a little bit different when you're dealing with people, like say the, my clients are dealing with retired men who are done 
with the competition, they want to just kind of lay back. And the women are amping up on their competitive edge. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are yeah. discovering new careers. And, I mean, yeah. that's what happened to me. It's happened to a lot of my yeah. colleagues. And so I think there's a yeah. lot of confusion about um, gender yeah. roles and, um, you yeah. know, the, the women who show up as having all this masculine energy they really often want a partner with a lot of masculine energy. And so I think that you have to decide, like Pat Allen talks about it very clearly, um, what do you want? Do you want to be cherished or do you want to be um, you know, cherished for your feelings or, or respected for your thoughts? I think that's the way she puts it. And yeah. that really gave me pause because I think at the mm. end of the day, I do want to be cherished for my feelings. Um, but I also mm. want to be really respected for my thoughts. Um, and and, so and she and she calls she calls she calls that she calls you her client. If you want to, if you want yeah. both, she says you're my client. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Because no, and I think you're, you're that pointing, a lot of you're people. Pointing at the, you're pointing at the challenge right there. A lot of people want mm-hmm. both. They want both, and yet they're really turned off by the partner who shows up with, you know, too much of like you take care of the plans and. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, why can't you just pick a damn place for us to go out? You know, why do I have to do all the deciding? Mm-hmm. And so I think part of it is also making the space, and that's something I've learned. Um, you have yeah. to create that space. And and when you've been in relationships that are not working, and especially if you've been in a long-term marriage where you began to take over more and more of the of the, of the masculine energy roles, as a woman, yeah. I'm speaking as a woman, and this is a common occurrence, um, th- then the trust that a man will actually show up if you create that space is is hard to come back to. Um, yeah. And so, do you have any suggestions as to how people can, you know, kind of create that space and and create the trust that somebody's <clears throat> going to come and, you know, fill the role that you really want them to fill? Yeah. Yes. Well. What most people are doing is they're trying to fill themselves up from an outside source. And that's just always going to be disappointing for the most part, unless you happen to get that one person that really, you know, fits your blueprint, your external blueprint of what perfection looks like, unless they fit it perfectly. And that just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be the overwhelming way this happens. And um, so, you know, most of us are running around with the story of I'm looking for someone to complete me. Right, mm-hmm. I want someone to complete me, and that's just—I think that—that that is one of the the most destructive cultural narratives that we we hold in modern culture. That there's someone out there who's going to complete me, and um, uh, you know, we're addicted to the hope, and then when we when we decide that that's just never going to happen, then we our heart is broken into 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 oh it'll never happen I'll never you know cynicism I mean I get I got a blog a comment on my blog yesterday from a woman who said that she spent the last year coming to terms with the fact these are her words I spent the last year coming to terms with the fact that no one will ever love me for who I am oh boy wow and and fact. and she's resigned the fact and she's resigned mm-hmm. herself to a life of loneliness and despair because she's not worthy of love. And I, mm. I, I got that comment yesterday. And this is what most people are kind of living in that place. And even if, even if you do get someone who it seems like they'll love you for who you are, then all of a sudden they do something and then they don't love you for who you are and you're distraught and despairing 
and then you turn to manipulation or anger to get it, to get them to show up a certain way. It's, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's the same insanity over and over and over again. It's just a question, does it play right. out quickly or does it take years? And right. so You're looking for what, evidence. You're looking for evidence to support your belief. And so what I, and the, so the core, so what I've been moving, yes, I do relationship coaching and I work with couples. And yet what I find is a predominant kind of the core issue, even, even beyond the masculine feminine dynamic stuff is, are you in this moment? Are you coming? Are you living with a mindset of fear or a mindset of love? Are you coming from fear and how you're interacting with this person, fear being, you know, scarcity, you're going to leave me, I'm not worthy, uh, you're responsible for my happiness, whatever, all, this, all these fear-based thoughts, or are you in a mindset of love? I'm already worthy. I don't need you to make me happy. Um, you're free to choose as you will, right? I mean, a mindset of love versus a mindset of fear changes everything. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really at the core of it. So, you know, someone who's someone who's looking for someone to fill them up, to love them because they don't love themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's not going to work. No. And and this is I think in the in the whole relationship and dating world, you know, I'm very clear when I work with a couple, I let them know right off the bat I have no attachment or even agenda for whether the two of you are supposed to stay together. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what would serve your highest good. You know, my parents divorced when I was four years old, and that was the best thing that could have happened to any of us. Mm. And so, you know, I don't. I think we place such a premium on being in a couple as though it's like as though it's more valuable and more valued being in a couple than being single. And I think that's a lie. Why is that more? Mm. Why does that make you more worthy person or more, you know, socially acceptable to be in a couple? Than, than being single. I mean, again, this is all product of that story, you complete me, right? Yep. That that, that we suffer for. <laughs> yeah. I actually just wrote about that for my last Good Men Project um, article. I wrote about all the wrong reasons to get into a relationship, and one is you have that, that mindset of, you know, somebody's going to complete yeah. you. Um, it's right. definitely one of the worst reasons to get into a relationship because it's a fallacy. And um, so it's, you know, it really does start within and people have to learn to love themselves um, and come from Absolutely. that place of abundance. Totally. And just, just, to, just to really land that, because you, you'd started this, this conversation by, by asking, um, you know, how do, people, how do people attract that person? You know that will that will that will fill those kind of fill those needs or or play those roles. And look, Sandy, I've been single for five years. I mean, I've mm-hmm. dated a lot and I've I've grown so much. But who the hell am I to say how you how you? I've tried everything to bring in that mm-hmm. woman that would that would you know kind of so called complete me or or the partner that I could do the dance with. I've tried everything. You know, it's it's like. It's on it's on God's time. It's on life's time. I don't know when that person's supposed to arrive. But what I do know is that the more I just create an amazing life for myself every day and practice radical self love and and just light myself up by by loving on myself and, and giving myself doing the work that I love, going to the places that I love, really taking care of myself and just doing what fills me up, 
the the more I am going, the more I the more I already attract amazing women. And then it's just a question of well, maybe timing and compatibility, a few things here and there. But um, that's 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 the recipe essentially. Just create an amazing life, stay connected to your own heart, do what's true for you, and and the person that will that can. You know, the more I'm able to love myself and therefore love others, the more I'm going to attract someone who will meet me in that place. Yep. I right? I so agree with you. If, if yeah, I'm empty, if I... Yes. Go ahead. Please, go ahead. Well, it's just, just the... If, if I, the more I'm empty and showing up needy in the world, the more I'm going to attract empty and needy. Or someone mm-hmm. who just wants to take and take because I'm going to, all I'm going to do is give to get. And, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to attract what I'm putting out. I mean, it's, it really does yeah. work like that. Oh, it definitely works like that. And you see, as soon as you shift, you start shifting how, who you draw in. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, this has been so wonderful, Brian. I really appreciate all of this. And it just went so fast as we started with so it. And, uh, <laughs> Um, so tell everybody how they can reach you and buy your book. So my website is brianreeves.com, Brian with a Y, reeves.com. And uh, sure, my book is on Amazon, the, the Sex, Dating, Flirting, Hunting, and Hoping Diet, Give Up the Insanity and Get Your Life Back. It's a 30-day kind of reset on how you show up in relationship to your the sex of your attraction and how to get your, get your center back. Sandy, this has been really great. I, I knew this would go fast. <laughs> well, thank you, and um, I look forward to connecting with you further. And thank you, Likewise. everyone, for listening in today. And go, go buy his book and connect with Brian. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.